Hi, I'm Coach Corey Wayne, and this is my video coaching newsletter. And the topic of today's newsletter is going to be stuck in the middle. I've got two emails that I'm going to go through with you today. The first one is a guy, he's actually from New Zealand, and he's been trying to get his girlfriend, his ex-girlfriend, I should say, back of two years, but he's kind of stuck in the middle. It's, he feels like he's kind of a priority, or not, he's not a priority, and more like an option. So he's like, how do I get out of this? And the second one is a success story from a guy. He's been following me for about three, three and a half years. And he just recently ended his first like real long-term relationship. And I wanted to kind of contrast the two emails because the first guy is kind of looking at this particular woman. You can tell he's kind of attached to her as if she's going to make him happy. And the second one is an email from a guy who had never really had any lasting success until he came across my work, which a friend of his had turned him on to. Then after three years of dating, he was kind of faced with a similar decision that I had to face when I was younger about either staying together or getting married, and he decided he didn't want to get married. So that was two great emails that contrast one guy is fixated on one particular person hoping that when they get back together it's going to make him happy and the other guy is kind of facing his future saying hey this has been great but it's not really what i'm looking for and he had the balls unlike i did when i was his age to walk away from that particular relationship because i talked to so many men and women who are in these situations and it really boils down to it's like what do you think your future possibilities are? I mean, how many of us stay in a shit job when we know we should go do something else? How many of us stay in a bad relationship when deep down we really want to find somebody better? Or maybe we've got some friends in our lives that are toxic and they're not really adding much value and we know we should cut them loose, but yet we keep making excuses for them and keep tolerating them in our lives. So. It's like you got to ask yourself the question. It's like what, what would you do if you really knew, you really believed that you couldn't fail? It's something all of us really should be contemplating whenever we're looking at a major life decision, whether it's career or more personal type of decision. So I got a quote that I wrote, and I'm going to go through the the quote, and then we'll go through both these emails. And the quote says. Contemplating what you could create and the kind of person you can attract in the future if you knew you could not fail is the right mindset to have when you are not satisfied with your life the way it is. The average person tends to focus on what they will lose or what probably won't work out when contemplating going from where they are to where they want to be. This usually causes them to play it safe and be averse to taking any risks to stretch beyond their current comfort zone and circumstances. Exceptional people are simply not willing to settle in any area of their lives that they want to improve. Anything that you attempt is not without risks, but isn't it much more exciting and compelling to take measured risks to reach your full potential instead of being ordinary and having a life full of regrets? Oh, and obviously you probably I'm going to say this now, but I guarantee you, I say I'm pretty sure, I'm like 99% sure somebody's going to go, oh, this is an older video. It's Corey's got the old background there. 
And the reality is this is actually a new video. I'm actually at my studio in Orlando. And I, I obviously people are going, when's the new book coming out? When's it coming out? So where we're at, I figured I'd give you a brief update, is that the audiobook has all been completely recorded now and we're just doing some studio edits. And obviously we're working to get the paperback all fixed and aligned so the pages match up and the borders and all that stuff. So relative I want to say soon the book, the second book, will be out. But I'll keep you guys posted. And so if you see anybody going, oh, this is an old video, you have my permission to bitch slap those people in the comments. So, so with that said, let's go through the first guy's email. He says, hi, coach. I would like to start by thanking you for helping me through your book and YouTube videos. I've grown as a man and I'm not quite an alpha but I'm well on my way. Well, the goal is to just try to get a little better each and every day. That's all you can really do. That's all you have control over. Either get up and you take action or you get up and you make excuses. Every day you have a clean slate. So it doesn't matter. You could have been a slack ass yesterday, but hey, today's a brand new day. So get on it. Let's go. I'm a police officer in New Zealand and me and my ex were together for two years before she moved away because her dad moved for work. Long story. Well, if she's head over heels crazy in love with you, she's not going to leave her man. That's reality. Obviously, her dad moving, maybe that was an excuse. Maybe you guys could have lived together. But the reality is when it comes to women, they vote with their feet. If they're with you. Guess who they voted for? Long story short, I was weak and I hated the distance and couldn't stand not talking and eventually she, she said she wanted a break. So it sounds like you kind of became needy, you tried to force things. Now why would you do that? Because obviously you're afraid that you're going to lose her. And why would you be afraid that you're going to lose her? Well, I'll never find anybody as good as her. That's the worst approach you can take. The, way, you're, the right mindset is Hey, I'd love it if you stay, but I'll understand if you go and I don't really want to do long distance, so we should probably see other people, but hey, if you want to continue seeing each other, that'd be great, but I'll understand. You got to love in such a way that the person you love feels free, and if you're feeling needy and you want you have that urge to control and try to force things and call them too much and text them too much, you're literally going to drive them away because you're going to make them feel like they're not losing their freedom. Plus, as a man, you're going to make yourself look like a weak bitch and you're going to get blown off and that's reality. And I gave her the space she wanted. One to two occasions, she came down to where I live and she came to a party of mine. So the other thing I want to say about that is that out of seven principles to get an ex back is that if you're the one that gets dumped, if in other words, if the other person unilaterally decides, hey, I'm out of here. I don't want to be with you anymore. I want to date other people. I'm confused. I need space. You, you have to look at it from the perspective of they need to earn another chance with you, not the other way around. You were happy to continue going on in your relationship and the other person says, eh, I kind of want to see what else is out there, but maybe I'll keep you as a backup if maybe you play your cards, right? Now, obviously, that's not what you want to hear, but that's the reality of the situation. So therefore, your prize, your gift, you're a catch as well. 
And so if they've done something stupid like break up with you or want to take a break while they go explore what else is out there, then that's fine, but they've got to earn you back. That's why I talk about seven principles getting next back. They need to come to you for the first three dates in a row. And as long as you hang out, you have fun, and you hook up all three dates in a row, which shows that they're flexible, which shows that they're willing to try to make amends for the fact that they did something stupid, which obviously was break up with you. Then after the third time, third date of hanging out and having fun and hooking up at your place, then you can meet them out and pick them up. But you got to let them come to you because obviously in this particular case, you pursued too much to the point where she's like, I want space. And so therefore, you give her all the space she wants and therefore that space is going to be closed, that distance is going to be closed by her. By her reaching out to you and you setting dates when that happens. The first time she ended up in my room without any influence and she went there on her own. We've had sex plenty of times. We've talked about just having fun and seeing where things lead. Well, you have to be congruent with that statement. You can't just say it because you saw it in Seven Principles Get Next Back. But deep down, you're really going jumping out of your fucking skin because you want to try to force things. And if you're still worried about trying to force things, then that doesn't sound like you're really coming from the mindset of you're a catch and she has to earn you back. It sounds like you're begging and groveling and pleading for her to spend time with you. Even though you might not be saying that, your body language, your physiology, the tone of your voice is going to be communicating that. And women are way more intuitive than us guys and they can sense it and they can feel it. But I can't help but feel I'm an option and not a priority. Well, look at it from this perspective. Again, she has to earn you back. And so therefore, to borrow a term from sales like real estate, you're entertaining multiple offers. In other words, you want to see what else is out there as well. She's the one that said she needed space. So great, take all the space you want. She doesn't live in your city anymore as well. So the desirability from that perspective is not is obviously she's less attractive as a prospect than she was before, especially if you meet somebody that's in your city. He says, I've told her friendship is not an option for me. Is there any way you could help me get her back because I do love her? Well, that's the part of the problem is you're focused on how do I get her back instead of what is she going to do to earn me back? It's a complete night and day difference and that's basically where you're at, dude. She needs to earn another chance with you. So long story short is if she reaches out, instead of inviting her over for parties and group things, you're trying to reestablish intimacy and a connection and having her over for group parties and shit like that, it's not the way to go, dude. If she reaches out, you assume she wants to see you, invite her to come hang out, spend the weekend with you or whatever and then you can hang out and have fun and hook up while she's in town. But you got to let her – your pursuit of her – of this woman is over forever and therefore she has to do 100 percent of the calling, texting and pursuing from this point forward. And then you just simply wait to hear from her and make dates when you do hear from her. And in the meantime, you're a fucking free agent, dude. You should be out there sampling the Baskin-Robbins 32-hour flares and see what else is out there. Entertain multiple offers and don't be in such a rush to recommit your life to this one particular woman because she treated you like a second class citizen so therefore she shouldn't be a priority in your life either. She has to earn that place. She doesn't automatically get it and I can tell from your email 
that you've already made up your mind about this girl. In reality, you should go back to like I talk about in the book, which is kind of being skeptical, a little unsure of her. You want to kind of take your time and see how it goes. It's got to be the woman's idea for the relationship to happen. Your job as a man, as I talk about in the book, is to create the opportunity for sex to happen. Hang out, have fun, hook up. Very simple formula. If you overcomplicate it, you're going to fuck up, dude. So do what's right. So let's go to the second email. Dear Corey, I never thought I'd send you an email like this because I felt like this is more a review or even a testimonial rather than a question. Well, we can learn from all of the above. Because everybody that watches this gets to learn from your experiences. Your experiences applying the book. Because obviously I can't include every single potential scenario or situation that somebody's going to encounter and that's what the benefit of these are is that here's a real world example of somebody that knows my book, backwards and forwards, got great results and here's his experiences and here's what he learned. For some context, I'm a 23-year-old United States Marine. Thank you for your service. Simplify, Marine. And I just broke up with my long-term girlfriend of nearly three years. Before all that, I was pretty much next to useless when it came to anything women. Long story short, I screwed up big time with a girl that totally knocked my socks off. A good buddy who was also a Marine and also just went through a similar nasty experience told me I really needed to read your book. Well, you need to thank your Marine buddy for me. I took my chances and bought the book and I never looked back. I've read the Bible ten and a half times now with a goal of a minimum 15 read-throughs. Three years? Come on, man. You got to step up your game, dude. I was and still am completely committed to learning the book down to the page fibers. That would probably be a little excessive, but hey, you gave yourself a cookie for that. Every time I screwed up with my girlfriend, I went back and would clearly reread the book and would have two different highlighter colors with me whenever doing so. That's somebody that's dedicated to learning this shit. And the whole idea is that my goal eventually in time, maybe after a few more decades, is that this information that I teach becomes so commonplace, becomes so common sense, so widely known that when you say these things, people are like, yeah, duh, of course, fucking everybody knows that. That would be meaning I accomplished my mission. One caller would be for info that I felt was extremely important or was something that was a major turning point in my understanding of women. The second caller would be used for when I actively screwed up a fundamental or a concept that I was struggling with currently in my relationship with my girlfriend. That's awesome, dude. That is dedication to fucking detail. Squared away AJ, dude. Nice fucking job. I had to glue a couple of pages of the book back in because I carry this thing with me everywhere. Well, that's why you should get a hardcover version, which is definitely out. You can get that on lulu.com and you can also get it on amazon.com. In my unit, I'm always known as the jarhead with a book in his hands. You're like the Buddha of your platoon. Your teachings even get me multiple comments of, you're only how old? You act so much older than you are. I heard that a lot when I was younger. Now people just don't believe me when I tell them my age. I can vividly remember first seeing my now ex-girlfriend. She was absolutely stunning in her black dress and black suede high heels. 
I was taken aback because we had met online and most of her photos didn't show her smiling. That was the first thing I ever said to her was teasing her on that fact and asking if she knew how to smile. That's pretty good, dude. Good way to break the ice, treat her like a bratty little sister. See, Now, a girl with the lowest self-esteem is going to get upset and butthurt at that. But a girl probably grew up with some older brothers that were always fucking with her, ain't going to take that shit personally. That's what you like to see, a girl with a good attitude, doesn't take herself or life too seriously, and she doesn't get butthurt at your your humor. She just assumes automatically, because she's got a great attitude, that you're just being playful and teasing her like her brothers would. I believe I asked her to prove that she could on a date with me with a specific time and place on the end. Our first date was great. She touched me multiple times and was laughing nonstop, and she even offered to pay at the end of the date. Dude. As I walked her back to her car, she gave me a hug, and I said, no, honey, give me a kiss, and we kissed right there in the parking lot. You fucking stud, dude. I even got a, I was wondering when you were going to text me again the following week. Obviously, remember, it's a scientific fact that women are more attracted to men whose feelings are unclear. And the fact that she was wondering about that means that she liked you and she liked you even more. You were just taking your time. It's like Rumi said, slow and steady like the river that never grows stale. No hurry, no rush. When I kept my distance and I didn't break down and text her nonstop. Our relationship was effortless. She helped me become a better person both in a caring and loving sense. She helped me build my inner peace. Though I want to be, though I want to be clear, the breakup was pretty nasty as most breakups are. Not all of them, my friend. If you date a normal girl, she's kind of got her head together. She's going to get upset, but she's not going to like fucking key your car and toilet paper your house or light a bunch of trash on fire in your fucking front yard or something crazy like that. Basically, she straight up said, I never want to see or hear you again, which absolutely stings because just a week ago, we were each other's everything. Obviously, she's pretty hurt. I just couldn't bring myself to marry her, coach. I wasn't ready. That's awesome, dude. That's your fucking truth. You had more, your balls are fucking bigger at 23 than my, mine were at your age. So good for you. The hardest part of the book is, quote, just because you absolutely love and treasure someone doesn't mean you'll spend the rest of your life with them. At the end of the day, that is an idea from religion and society and obviously your friends, family, and your peer group. It has to be your personal truth. My personal truth is I've always been a serial monogamist. I tried living my life according to the way everybody else told me I needed to live and obviously if you've read my book, you know how that worked out. At this point in my life, I just enjoy living my life the way I want to. Why should I apologize for that? I'm not interested in living my life according to other people's expectations and neither should you. You should do what makes you happy. Like the great Steve McQueen said, I live for myself and I answer to nobody. doesn't mean you're a selfish jackass. It just means you got to make yourself happy first. You got to live your truth first and find somebody that is also living their truth and together you can share your completeness. Now, it doesn't mean you're going to be together forever, but it means you can enjoy each other for however long it lasts. 
However, up to this point, I had only ever kissed a woman twice and was a helpless virgin. As sad as I am for the way things turned out, I am absolutely thrilled and happy for her because now she can find someone who will love and treasure her the way she deserves and for myself having removed the massive weight that was sitting on my shoulders for so long. Good for you, dude. You you missed out on all the shit that I fucking had to go through. The divorce and telling all our friends and feeling like a fucking jackass and feeling guilty for having done it. It was like, man, you have no idea the amount of pain you saved yourself, dude. Good for you. So there's so much more I could share with you, Coach, but this email is long enough as it is. All I can say is thank you, Corey. It's not often you get to witness someone want to change the world and actually do it. Well, it's one person at a time. For that, I am grateful. If you want to, put this in a newsletter on your YouTube channel. Keep keep on being fucking awesome. Well, I'm going to do my absolute very best and you fucking do the same. But like I said, you got two different guys, two different situations. One guy is hoping this girl is going to be everything that he wants and another guy is saying, hey, this is as awesome as you've been for the last three years. I need to move on. And obviously she told him how much she fucking hated his guts and never wanted to speak to him again because obviously she's hurt and she's upset and, you know, sometimes breakups suck. It's not pleasant going through them and sometimes it's, it's just going to be that way. But at some point she'll probably calm down and she'll probably, probably apologize and if you decided to since you're the one in the relationship maybe you'd be cool with being friends with her down the road maybe not it's totally up to you but the point is you have the choice to decide how you want to live your life and that's the only thing that really matters so if you'd like to get my help personally the quickest way is to go to my website click the products tab at the top of your screen and book whatever coaching option works for you. And I will talk to you soon.